This is part two of what I started this past Sunday. I know those of you who were in our branches, you preached a different message. But I preached uh, on uh, a different uh, message here. And I was talking about the determination to finish. I want to continue today talking about laying claim on your purpose with 2020 vision. I'm going to continue this on Sunday and exploring this concept of 2020 vision. I want to use Philippians chapter 3 as our main text, and I'm reading that from different translations of the Bible. In the New King James, we read in Philippians 3 verse 12 to 14, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the price of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Verse 14 in the NIV reads, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. The Message Bible reads, I'm not saying that I have all this all together, that I have it made, but I'm well on my way reaching out for Christ who has wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning on, onwards to Jesus. I am off and running, and I'm not turning back. In the earlier verses of this chapter, Paul was actually talking about how much he wants to know Christ and the power of the resurrection. He said he wants to know the power of the resurrection of Christ, experience the same power that raised Christ from the dead, searching through his own being, overcoming sin in his life, and producing the Christian graces. Talks about the fact that that Christ suffered, he also has suffered. But that Christ has been raised from the dead, he wants that same power that raised Christ from the dead to be at work in him. But then he says, you know what? Much as I desire that, the truth is this, I have not yet arrived. I have my eye on the goal and I'm pressing to achieve that goal. He says, I want to make sure that I apprehend what Christ has apprehended for me. I know Christ in his fullness. Now, I'm only going to take the principle and not truly talk fully about what Paul talks about in context. Here's the principle. The principle that Paul is talking about is as follows. He's saying, number one, I know the purpose for which God has for me. Or you can put it this way. I know the vision that God has for me, number one. Number two, I am very clear on what that vision is. That's number two. Number three, I'm actually and actively ensuring that I lay hold on that purpose. I lay hold on that vision. Let me say that again. Number one, he says... I know God's purpose for my life or I know God's vision for my life. Number two, 
I am clear of what that purpose is or I'm clear of what that vision is. But then number three, I am actively ensuring that I lay hold on that vision or I achieve that vision, I attain that vision. So Paul knows his purpose, has clarity about his purpose and is making sure to fulfill the vision. I'm hoping that what Paul is saying will be your way of operating in 2020. Our modus operandi in 2020. It's very interesting that just in a few minutes from now, we'll be entering 2020. The expression 2020 in medical science in the natural is used to speak of having vision. Medically, when they say that you have 2020 vision, it means you have clear sight or clear vision. I hope that in 2020, you will not have blurred vision in your life. Paul is saying, I'm pressing towards the goal. I'm off running. One, because I have clear vision. My vision is not blurred. Number two, I have a purpose to fulfill. I don't want to waste my time. And number three, I'm aware that I don't have limitless time in which to fulfill my purpose. In other words, Paul has a sense of agency. He sees the value of time. He's aware of how much people with no vision waste their life. He's aware how people with no purpose waste this valuable thing called time. So he says, I am reaching forth. It's an effort. I'm stretching. I'm reaching. I want to apprehend what God has apprehended for me. Well, we are simply just a few minutes away, 44 minutes away from a brand new year, the year 2020. The year in which you and I need to hold on with 2020 vision. Very interesting that in 2020, we are going to have added time, an extra day. The year 2020 is a leap year. And so we will have one extra day added to the month of February. So in 2020, February will not end on the 28th, but it will end on the 29th of February. So in 2020, we're not going to have 365 days. We're going to have 366 days instead of 365 and a quarter days. So I try to calculate. At your disposal in 2020, you have a challenge to make sure that you fulfill your 2020 vision. You have a challenge to make sure that you use your time well. Because in 2020, you have 12 months. In 2020, you have 53 weeks. In 2020, you have 8,784 hours. In 2020, you have 527,040 minutes. In 2020, you have 31,622,400 seconds. And so you need to use that time in a way, and it's time at your disposal. This time represents your future. This time represents your destiny. If you move into 2020 with a blurred vision, you will move over that time and never do anything with your life. For a change, you have at least one extra day. And it depends on what you are going to do with this. So here's my question. How are you going to leverage 2020? Will you claim your purpose with 2020 vision? And if so, how are you going to do it? 
I want to suggest a few things quickly. Number one, first of all, realize that life is short. Life is short. Therefore, you need to have a sense of agency about your life. Watch this, Pastor Lan. If you can remember that forever is made up of now moments, each bringing a new beginning and a new ending. We live in moments called now. If you don't leverage those moments called now, then it becomes yesterday or last year and the moment is gone. See, your life is short. My life is short and the scriptures tell us all the time. Psalms 103, verse 14 to 16 reads, for he knows our frame, talking about God. He remembers that we are dust. Look at your neighbor and say, Hi, Gabi, Mara, you are dust, whatever. Hi, Gabi. He remembers that we are dust. Verse 15. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he nourishes. For the wind passes over it and it is gone. You know, I'm becoming more aware of this the older I get, how short life is. You know, when you are still young, you think you'll live forever. Then one day you look on the mirror and you realize there's a, the hair is not growing back as it should be. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? You ladies mustn't laugh at me because you have put on some edit, some edit something, you know. But life is very short. And if you're going to fulfill destiny, you need to have a sense of agency about you. Because you realize life is short. Number two, if you're going to do what Paul says, you need to have a clear vision. Let me give you a quotation. Somebody said, and I quote, when you know where you are going, it's easier to get there, end of quote. When you know where you're going, it's easier to get there. Don't get into 2020 with a fuzzy vision or a blurred vision. What do you want to do? Be clear where you want to go. Proverbs 29:18 says, where there's no vision, people perish. But he that keeps the law happy is he. The complete Jewish Bible reads, without a prophetic vision, the people throw off all restraints. But he who keeps the Torah, happy is he. In other words, you need to stay on God's purpose for your life. Every one of us, you all have your own particular purpose to fulfill in your lifetime. And each one of us needs to stay connected to that God purpose. And that's the only way we can bring that purpose into reality. You must never let other people convince you that what God is telling you is wrong. If God has called you to be a pastor, remain as a pastor. If God has called you to be a business person, remain as a business person. Don't believe when people tell you that you are on the wrong path. If you know God is talking to you, stay in your lane. Never be flattered into changing direction unless in your heart, your heart is speaking to you and you know God is telling you, be in alignment this year. Can I hear an amen? amen. Number three, know that life is a series of trade-offs. This is important. Write that down. No, I say more grace. Know that life is a series of trade-offs. What do we mean? What I mean is that we are always trading with our time. That you are here today 
means you said no to being elsewhere. Come on now, somebody. Here we are, we have Reverend all the way, you know, from the Cape. They came as family. They chose to be here, but now they're here, they can't be there. We trade time, Barcelona. If you come to church, it means you're not somewhere else. We trade time with family for time with our business or communities. So always in life, we are faced with making choices where we spend our time. And making a choice for one means forsaking the other. Make up your mind this year that you're going to make a choice on the side of God and you're not going to serve two masters. You know, as a young person, I mean, I used to, you know, people used to come up to me as a young, you know, I committed my life to Christ as a young person, very, very young, you know. And then you have people, you know, who often come and say, Anybody knows what I'm talking about? They can't say that anymore. But they used to say that, you are wasting your time. But then I realized that, you know, you know, I've chosen, I have chosen and I've chosen to give my life to God and to serve God. They are chosen to give their life to something else and serve something else. And years later, that trade-off is going to show up in your life. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Tonight there's people who are in some other bad places out there. Yeah, yeah. They're getting filled with another kind of wine. Oh, you don't understand my sermon, so let me leave you. In Matthew 6, 24, Jesus says, no man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. He says you cannot serve God and mammon. Then in Deuteronomy 13, God says in verse 19, I call heaven and earth to witness against you that I've sent before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your children may live. The choices we make shape our future. Ultimately, life is less about what we are getting and more about what we are becoming. And it is those choices that shape us and shape what we are becoming. And we choose to forego certain things and choose to embrace certain things. So know that life is a trade-off. Number four, I'll be done in a short while. In making your New Year resolutions, embrace a purpose that you actually want to pursue. What do I mean by that? The first step in selecting your New Year's resolution is pick something that you sense God has put in your heart and you are motivated to do because you actually want to do it. Now, there are times when we do what we don't want to do because God is leading us that way. It's not always so. However, when it comes to your purpose and your mission for life, God will give you this thing called passion. I get very concerned when you meet people who want to give an impression that when they serve God, that, you know, they, 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 they've lost out. And it's almost like I had this wonderful life, but now I'm observing Jesus. <laughs> I mean, if you're sitting next to somebody like that. But I found out really, when it comes to your purpose and your calling, God will place a spirit inside of you where you will be passionate about what you do. So be passionate about the resolutions you make this day. Look, Acts 22 verse 3, Paul says, then he said, I'm indeed a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel, taught according to the strictness of our father's law. Now note he says, and I was zealous towards God 
as you all are today. Be a zealous person. Be somebody filled with passion. Love what God has called you to do and be passionate about it. I mean, I was checking, you know, earlier on as we were singing, young people coming to the front to dance before the Lord. And some of you young people are not coming to the front. I feel sorry for you. You know why? Because I was watching this past Sunday. You know, young people came and danced here and I was checking and the only ones who were dancing were the younger group. Us older people, we were dancing in our hearts. <laughs> because, you know, as you get older, there are certain things that you can't do effectively. Even if you don't want so I was thinking, and I said, I said, you know, if I was a young person, I would go and dance whilst I can. For behold, the day cometh my child and my son and my daughter. When, how jump a fellow utla is keep a beat. Anybody knows what I'm talking about, so you are jumping in your heart, you know. But be passionate. Can I hear an amen, Bazalan? Number five. Plan on how then you will accomplish your purpose. Don't just throw yourself blindly and hope that things will work out. And please don't hide behind prayer. I'm going to talk about prayer later on. But you know that we are praying and doesn't mean we don't plan. Jesus talked about the importance of planning in Luke chapter 14. He says in verse 28 of Luke 14 in the NIV, suppose one of you wants to build a tower, will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and he is not able to finish, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, this fellow began to build but was not able to finish. What did Jesus say? Jesus says, don't just go out and just try to do something without planning. You know? Let 2020 be a year where you are going to clearly plan out your vision. How are you going to accomplish it? You know, if you can ask the how question, then you're not going to try and have 20 things you're going to do in 2020. Because once you ask the how, you realize, hey, I have to tone down maybe two things. So ask the how question. That's very important. Are you still there, somebody? Once you've set your goals, which are realistic, then there are certain things about your behavior that needs to change. You need to spend time planning exactly how will you work into your, exist, your existing schedule. If you are resolving to do certain things, you need to set time for those things. For instance, if you want to get metric, if you want to study commerce, yeah, you've got to put aside time to do that. But very often people never ask the how question. And so year in and year out, they write New Year resolutions that never become a reality because they never ask the how question. In 2020, because your vision is clear, ask the how question. Number six, I love this one. Have G-R-I-T. Write it down. Have grit to see your vision through. What is grit? Grit is the courage and the resolve, strength of character. Merriam-Webster dictionary defines grit in the context of behavior. They say grit is firmness of character or indomitable spirit. Be that person in 2020 who has a no-die attitude, an indomitable spirit. Listen, Basalana, there's far more to success in life 
than having a good start and good pedigree or even natural ability or sheer talent. There are many people who were born of good pedigree, come from good backgrounds, have great natural talent, and they have a lot of ability and skill, but they don't have grit. When things get tough, they give up. When things get hard, they give up. There's a lot of straight A students who underachieve in life. They do well at school, but in the school of life, they don't do that well. Why? Because when things get tough, they give up. But there are those who don't do so well, you are not scoring such great grades. So when you started something, you stayed with it through thick and thin. See, grit is passion and perseverance. Grit, it turns out, matters more than talent or intelligence when it comes to being successful. That's why Hebrews 10.36 says, you need to persevere in the NIV. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. The King James says, for you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. That word patience in the Greek language means steadfastness, constancy, endurance. That word in the New Testament speaks of the characteristics of a man who has swerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith and piety by even the greatest trials of suffering. In other words, even if he suffers, even if trials come, they stay on the job. They stay on the path. They have grit through thick and thin. Even if things don't make sense, stay with your vision. Can I hear an amen? amen? And in conclusion, bathe your vision in prayer. After you've done all those things, then pray. Bathe your vision in prayer. You know, this is known, Barcelona, everywhere. Even in sports, they'll tell you. Even if I don't necessarily like to say it because I don't really go that way, I believe in blessing more than in luck. But they will always tell you that, you know, sometimes you need a little bit of luck. You gotta sometimes, even when you have planned everything, you know, you, you, you try to score a goal while sharper air But I'm not lucky, I will sharper the other person, like how oh, I block her, then it diverts and it gets into the back of the goal. It doesn't matter, he can. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? It doesn't matter how rough it was, how, how it's a goal, anyhow. So sometimes in life, you need a bit of luck. I don't call it luck, I call it blessing. In life, when we have done everything, when everything is said and done, we need the God factor. Yeah, after planning, after working hard, after having grit, after having a clear vision, after getting out to pursue your vision, when everything is said and done, we need the God factor. Can I hear an amen? So pray over your vision. Pray over it. My goodness, pray over it. Listen what the Bible says about the God factor. In Proverbs 16 verse 9, it says, And man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. All right. Let this be the year where God is going to direct your steps. Proverbs 19 21 said, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Yeah. See, the God factor makes all the difference. After everything is said and done, we need God's intervention. We need God's blessing. We need God's hand. I pray that 2020 
will be a year in which you will see very clearly. And just like Paul, you know your purpose, you'll go after your purpose. That in 2020, you will see the fulfillment of what God has called you for. And in the first Sunday, I'm going to expand much more on that. In a short while, Basalan, in a few minutes, we're going to be praying for our vision. I hope you have your vision down or your purpose down. If I may suggest, not 20 things. Just a handful of things that we're going to pray for and bring them in. But before we do that, there could be those of you who are visiting with us today. You are here. You've come because you've been invited or you've come on your own. Whatever the situation, as you've been with us here, worshiping, listening to the word, you may be watching and live streaming from another church, from anywhere in the world. But as you listen to the word, you realize you want to bring your life to God that Jesus Christ should come into your life and be the Savior and the Lord of your life. I want to pray for you that as you start 2020, in almost 30 minutes' time, you should be a new creature in Christ Jesus. Will you all bow your heads and close your eyes, please, right where you are? If you're here tonight and you say, you know what, 2019, I've not been proud of myself. The way my life worked out, the way things spent out in my life, I was far from God. I didn't live in a way that pleases God. I want to start 2020 on a new, new, new page altogether, in a new way. I want to start 2020 knowing Christ, the Savior and Lord of my life. And so I want to give my life to Christ tonight, that as 2019 closes down, I know that my life has been committed to God. I'm going to ask you, Our heads bowed, please, everybody. Our eyes closed. Nobody moving around except the ashes. Even in the churches that are streaming, please. Nobody moving around. Just the ashes. Heads bowed, eyes closed. And right where you are, whether you are here in the main auditorium, in the foyer, in the dome, or in the youth hall, wherever you are, if you say, please pray for me. I want to invite Jesus Christ into my heart. I didn't live in a way that pleased God in 2019. But I want to have a fresh start. As I enter the new year, I want to be sure that I'm a child of God, that my life is saved, and Jesus is the Lord of my life. Please pray for me. If that is you and you need the prayer, would you raise your hand right where you are? Just raise it high right where you are. I want to pray for you. Thank you for those hands all over the place. Thank you for those hands. Just raise it high. Thank you. All over the place. Thank you. Even in the churches that are streaming, raise your hands right where you are, wherever you are. Just raise your hand, please. May I ask you, if you raised your hand, wherever you are, would you stand on your feet right where you are? Just stand on your feet, please. Thank you so much. Just stand on your feet all over. Thank you, thank you. You can put your hands down, but just stand on your feet. There you are. God bless you. God bless you. All over. I see people in the foyer, people in the dome, people in the auditorium. I believe there's people there in the overflow hall. People in all the churches that are streaming. This is what I'm going to ask you to do. All right. If you're in another building, I'm going to ask you to do the same thing that I'm asking people here to do because there are people in that building who will be there to serve you. I'm going to ask all of you who raised your hands. All right. I want to pray with you. Okay. I'm going to ask you to take all your belongings, please. Don't leave any of your belongings behind. And just come from where you're standing and walk all the way to the front. We'll wait for you. Even people.